Welcome to Hi Bob, the officially unofficial for all mankind podcast for Apple TV Plus. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're doing our season three preview of For All Mankind. Uh, we've seen a trailer or two, and uh, we've seen a season or two before this. We're here to talk about what we hope is going to happen uh, in season three, kind of where we left things in season two, and give everybody a quick refresher uh, as we head into the new season. Aaron, what do, what do we got? I actually have seen an episode of season three. What? Uh, I saw that I woke up this morning. And the first thing I noticed is that we I got notified that we had screeners added to our account. And lo and behold, for all mankind, we're recording a preview episode. Hot damn. I'm going to watch an episode. Unfortunately, nice. it's under strict embargo until the episode drops. So I can't really talk about any of the things I've seen. What a fucking bummer. Yeah. Uh, so disclaimer, all of your thoughts uh, are based solely on trailers, of course. It's true. Uh, trailers and, 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 interviews and, and, and interviews, the press materials were provided. Um, yeah. I am very excited. Like if you, this, I'm, I'm very excited for a bunch of different reasons. If you are a Bald Move premium fan, if you're subscribed to any version of the club, You'll know that we spent a lot of time talking about this show. Like the show kind of snuck up on us and I was turned on to it during late in the run of season two. We kind of caught up to it and we talked about the finale and and sort of real time on our premium podcast off the clock and raving about it. This is one of the shows that I have been most excited for the return. It's a rare show the entire Hubbard household is into. Cecily is obsessed with this. My son Jack is super obsessed with this. Uh, we did. I, I just did a series rewatch um, in January because he had never seen any of it before. And he'd kind of seen a little bit of the tail end of my season two watch and he wanted all in. So I'm like, fuck it. Let's just watch the whole thing. Uh, I'm pretty chuffed, pretty chuffed to have for all mankind back in our lives. Yeah, the show, if I recall correctly, took home a lot of Baldi's gold this year uh, for it season two. Wasn't too shabby. Yeah, um, and in in prep for this podcast, I rewatched because because I was not uh, awake when the screeners came in. This is literally like hot off the presses, so I haven't mm-hmm. seen any of the new season. But I went back and I watched the final two episodes of season two to kind of refresh. Okay, where are we in the story? Um, wh- where do we leave it uh, before this big time jump that we're going to get? Yeah, um, I think that uh, it's clear from the trailers, it's clear from the material that I've seen and uh, that there's there's going to be a lot of interesting themes developed this season. Mm-hmm. One is the changing nature of how the public and professionals see space. Uh, is it still the final frontier or is it kind of like settled? Do we have post offices and supermarkets there? Can When, when can this be the... Uh, stop being the dangerous and rough and ready work of space cowboys and and when can you have uh you know just space people living up there yeah. uh and the other th- big theme it seems like is the public versus privatization of space mm-hmm. and i think those two intersections are going to be um a hotbed of this because like you're gonna the people that are wanting to privatize are probably going to be like oh it's safe it's safe it's safe we don't need all <laughs> right. these expensive you know, government programs and highly trained astronauts. We can, you can, we can do this cheaper, better, faster um, versus the pretty still exclusive uh, cadre of astronauts and cosmonauts that maybe feel a little jealous about uh, people standing on their shoulders uh, and getting to do things that was hard fought and hard won. And everything's moving so incredibly fast. 
That's the thing, uh, that, that motto in, you know, some of the startup culture and business world, like cutting edge stuff of move fast and break things really does not work in space. Uh, right. That gets people killed, right? Well, you so, can move fast and break things, but yeah, sure, <laughs> you yeah. end up killing people. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that, I think, that's probably uh, the number one thing that I'm excited to see is like, what what does Ronald Moore have to say about the public versus private uh, sector being in space? Because we're going through that right now, right? This isn't right. This will probably be the last season where it's absolutely relevant to what's happening in the space programs now. Um, I think if you go any far, any farther beyond this, we're going to get into like true science fiction territory where we may be able to conceive of the ideas, but we're nowhere near actually accomplishing them. Whereas this season might be it for like the really grounded. Okay. Here's what we say about our current space stuff. Yeah, uh, and it makes sense because everything continues to accelerate. Like the uh, one of the theses of this show is that the U- U.S. never took its foot off the pedal in the space race. It continued to be a fight to first base in the moon, first this, first that. Um, it's pushed the technological envelope uh, mm-hmm. to where in the mid '80s we had widespread adoption of electric cars. Um, and then this season is like, well, if that that pace keeps on. What are the societal ramifications? For example, what are, you know, like if we got all on electric vehicles in the 80s, what would that do to our environmental concerns? Yeah. Uh, What does like the Reagan and post Reagan wave of privatization look like when you've got people wanting to privatize space? Mm -hmm. Um, Stuff like that, I think, is is fascinating. Of course, you also had, you know, a lot of balls in motion at the end of last season uh, in terms of like big character developments like one of the, <laughs> the biggest ones is you know the soviets trying to turn our, our favorite nasa administrator margo uh into a soviet asset like you know we've got a yeah. near 10 year gap in time mm-hmm. uh because i think we're rejoining this into the 95 96 kind of season uh she just have like a ccp uh, patch on her shoulder now like what right 10 is years she, is a long time to keep that in the air right She's she's fully plotting big trouble for Moose and Squirrel at this point. It's, <laughs> right, uh, you got you got Boris and Natasha there. Um, yeah, how are they going to handle that? Uh, there's also other fallout. Like Karen had a wildly inappropriate relationship with one of the children mm-hmm. of now slain heroes, the the saviors of the moon. Are they going like that? Was such a controversial, like almost everyone pilloried that plot line. Uh, yeah. Are they going to drop it like a hot potato or are they going to make us, are they going to like, you know, uh, clockwork orange style, force her eyeballs to watch more horrific shit? Um, and what does that do to Ed and Karen's marriage? I, I was curious to see that because sure. like Ed was very much, you know, the, the last episode is called The Gray and I think like suitably so um, because he he's very black and white, right? And she's saying, oh, there's mm. shades of gray in life that you just don't mm. see in. And then I feel like he came around to those with the choices he made in space with the sea dragon stuff. Uh, yeah. But will that translate to when he gets home? I, I don't know. Is their relationship still going to be a thing? Uh, I'm curious. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the young kids of uh, Tracy and uh, um, oh, God, I forgot. Gordo, thank you. Um, they're going to be 10 years older had one guy mm-hmm. uh, seemed to be a career track into the Navy, maybe following in his uh, mom and dad's footsteps. Uh, the younger one, maybe not as much like, how do they feel about the heroism and sacrifice of their parents? Yeah. Um, I and think there's the going to other- be that. 
that's going to be another big theme this year is how does hero as uh, heroism uh, patriotism how does that look when you look at it from different different angles different perspectives Hmm. um will the u.s ever go through like will will there be a similar like widespread distrust of government kind of form fomenting in this for all mankind universe as distinct from ours and how that that's the thing it's like what what butterfly flaps make things amplify and get worse and what things kind of like change fundamentally the concerns we have uh today uh i i think that's one of the more interesting things of the 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 show it is, yeah. Um, especially as things do change, as the butterfly effect uh, compounds, I think it's interesting to try and figure out ways to bring it back to our current reality, right? Because you you always want to be saying something about um, our our modern society and the human condition, but it could get harder and harder as we get more and more fantastical um, in in just the ways our society has changed uh, since the initial space race, but. I don't know if they can keep finding ways to bring it back to like the heart and the humanity in this series. I think they'll, they'll do pretty well. Yeah. I'm also wondering if they'll continue to do some stuff with like uh, different uh, presidents, you know, mm-hmm. are they going to continue to go like from Reagan to Bush to Clinton uh, or invent new gonna, presidents? Yeah. The invent, Cause that's the exciting pro- possibility if they invent, you know, I think there's uh there's a few characters on the show that might have a presidential run in them. Um, I, yeah. th- th- I think that's, I think that's, that's really interesting. Like, cause we've already seen, there's been like small changes, like the fact that there's electric cars, mm-hmm. the fact that there's not email, there's, what was it as a B mail? I forget what <laughs> I the, remember. Yeah. I forget what their, their uh, fictional version of, of what email is. John Lennon didn't get assassinated in this. Like there's teeny mm-hmm. tiny things. And I think that's one of the Easter eggs is like to see in the background, like, subtly the the changes of pop u.s pop culture because the other thing that you know if you, um the the dynamic between the sexes and races is different subtly because of the yeah, moon totally. landing and trying to keep up with the um you know more i guess on the surface egalitarian soviet outlook on whether men and women are equal and and the sciences and engineering or not mm-hmm. um i think that's 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 super cool and super fascinating um and then some things are the same like uh it doesn't seem like there's any increase in progressiveness in in the way the average american feels about uh people who are gay for example, that's something they explored last season. Like, yeah, progressive yeah. in terms of men and women and maybe races, but ooh, sexuality is still a hot button topic. What mm-hmm. are the things that are going to continue? Like you said, be recognizable for us. How much is this thing's going to be skewing to where it's like, man, it's, it's 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 hard to recognize this 1990s America as the same as ours. Yeah, but I mean, you look at you know Star Trek, and it's hard to recognize any of those settings uh, as as analogous to ours and yet they always manage to connect the dots right so this is true yeah, yeah. i'm looking for ways that they will will subtly do that stuff um I, i'm really looking forward to seeing some of the technology they've got because based on this trailer uh the ships are really cool looking the the landers are really cool looking the rovers all that stuff i feel like it's a generation of tech just slightly beyond ours or, or maybe like at the cutting edge if you look at some of the stuff spacex is doing yeah, it seems like they are right on the cutting edge of what we could do with our current if, technology. If, if you go down to your local library, you look up uh, popular mechanics 
1995 and you look at what they were projecting <laughs> for like the early 20s, 2010s, uh-huh. it's probably about what we're hitting. Because like that's the thing. It's like it's not just like, oh, the crazy plans that NASA had in 1995. That'll just be real life because I think that's what they did mostly in season two. Just like what were yeah. some of the outlandish things? What if they hadn't canceled Atlas and just do that? Mm hmm they have to account for the accelerationism that like NASA did do those wild and crazy things. And now that's going to impact the wild and crazy things they have in mind for 1995. We already had a fusion nuclear drive Mm -hmm. that was going to make the moon essentially a shuttle bus stop. You know, if, if you have that and you perfected, you know, like where are we going to end up? Like if, if we jump forward to 2005, we're gonna have a fucking space elevator. Like, right. Right. You start doing things with carbon carbon nanotubules, like what well, the, the, you can get sci-fi pretty quickly. And I'd say I don't know. I've I've never actually because this the other thing I'm ex- excited about is covering this professionally because we're doing the off the clock stuff. We're essentially watching as a fan, and I don't mm-hmm. do a, a, a lot of deep dive research. I bet there's a lot of information out there about like what is Ron Moore planning in terms of how many seasons does he have? Like a five, I'm going to be looking at all that because I do you have an idea of like just before you thought about it, like how many seasons this will go through? Not yet. I'd like to see it get to five, honestly. Um, if we could get into the 2010s with this accelerationist stuff, like you said, uh, yeah. that could be really cool. I think you're right. I think uh, that feels right to me because that also puts all of those initial, like uh, Ed Baldwin, they're going to be senior mm. citizens, maybe yeah. die. It feels right that like, that it covers the, the, the birth through the death of the initial phases of the space program. And that yeah. would, I think it would be fascinating to get to the 2020s and compare and contrast where we're at and use that to kind of like, you know, uh, smartly critique where we're at. Um, it feels like that's something someone would be building towards. Yeah. And honestly, you know, setting up uh, lunar colonies or, or bases on Mars and making, you know, civilians uh, traveling between these planets uh, routine, I think, is something that can only be accomplished in a span of like 30 years. I I think it's way too early. 1995, like a 10 year jump from where they were last season is way too early to have that stuff established in any real way. I think you do a couple more seasons with a couple more jumps and yeah, then you get to the point where people are taking, you know, weekend, well, not weekend trips to Mars, but they're taking like vacations to Mars and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you, do you want to, you said you had a breakdown of kind of where everybody was at. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Um, kind of help people get refreshed and ready. For sure. Uh, so let's start off, I guess, with Karen, who, uh, you know, is Ed's wife. And she was running a bar last season. Uh, we're, we're just going to throw out all the stuff with, you know, the the kid she slept with and <laughs> go, go over to the son. We're going to uh, set that aside. Set that I aside. I think he's an adult. I think he's an adult. He, the only thing creepy yes. is that she, like, probably saw his pee-pee when he was four or five. Sure. At least, you know, change the diapers, that kind of thing. Uh huh. Very creepy. It's pretty creepy uh, though. <laughs> I don't want to undersell the the extramarital affair with your best friend's son. I don't want to undersell because it was it was a lot. It was a she, fucking lot. She put a firm into it though. I don't think that's coming back as like an ongoing concern of hey, she might still be sleeping with him. No, I, I think that's mildly over with. interesting. Mildly. Interesting. Uh, okay, you can't. I know you can't say anything. Um, I know. But it seems like the fallout from that is going to be their uh, her and Ed's relationship, which may still be a thing next year or this season or may not who knows um anyway she sold the bar that she was running which was like the hangout for astronauts right which just fucking gutted me it it killed me that that thing was gone but it's got to go eventually 
uh, she doesn't really know what she's doing next. She's kind of like, I might move to, I might travel. I might uh, go to back to school. Who knows? Uh, but none of those plans seem to involve Ed. So we'll see where they end up. Ed, for his part, just saved the world by not engaging the Russians in space and instead blowing up an unmanned U.S. Uh, craft. Um, so, yeah, good job there. Danielle was also part of that. She say, also saved the is- world by shaking hands with the Russians in space and kind of inspiring everyone to make peace. The twin, the twin pillars of saving the world was Ed Baldwin's finger not pushing a button and Danielle's hand reached out in friendship towards the Russians. Both yeah. of those came together to, to save save global thermonuclear warfare from the Earth, or the Earth from global thermonuclear warfare. <laughs> yeah, just barely averted it. Uh, Kelly, Ed's daughter, I, I think is going off to Naval Academy. There's a narration at the end where she says something about going off to the Naval Academy. Uh, following in her father's yeah. footsteps. It seems like they're setting up a solid next generation of potential astronauts, ass cans, uh, <laughs> uh, for, for us to, you know, to continue to somehow have the, the, the same kind of cast of characters, just the next generation. Yeah. And there's a shot in the trailer where she's looking through a porthole for sure. I'm not sure if it's on uh, a submarine or a spacecraft or what. I, I don't know if she's made it into the astronaut program, but we'll see. Um, that's where she had her eyes set. Uh, Margot, like you mentioned earlier, is being set up by Sergei to unwittingly work for the Russians. Don't know how they're going to keep that thread going for 10 years, but we'll see. What's your prediction? Do you think she's a so? Would you predict that she is a Soviet asset? beginning I, I don't think so I, I think Margot is smart enough to to suss out what's happening here um, okay. so, so you think that the her and Sergey are just a not not ongoing concern now or no I think, think she might be leading them to, on I think her and Ellen might be working together to you know do some counter espionage here um, mild, but I'm not mildly sure. interesting yeah just just a guess let um, me ask you let me ask you yeah. another thing since you're you're a vir- you got a virgin pair of eyes you haven't seen uh, do you think it's? Do you think that as we join the action in 1995, that there will be bases on Mars? There's someone's a, a human foot has set boot, set boot on Mars. I mean, definitely that's true because they show that at the very end of the season. They it says 1995 and it shows the boot coming down on the sands of Mars. So definitely humans have landed there. As far as bases go, I I wouldn't guess so, but gotcha. I suppose. 10, year, 10 years is a long time. So you're saying um, no U.S. Russian agent, Margo. You're saying yes, landed and explored. No to put up a permanent base and colony. colony. Okay. Yeah. I feel like you're setting me up here. Did they move mission control to Mars or something? Like, is it that <laughs> no, I'm just saying, I'm just, I, I just want to get some like, like expectations and then see what happens when gotcha. we watch the first episode. I, you know, cause I've, I've already, I already fucked mine up. I didn't, I didn't even think to ask him these questions. So, uh, I, I do know that I think I remember feeling like they got a moon base established really fucking fast. Um, so maybe I'm wrong about the, the Mars base stuff, but well, that's my the gut thing. Says, like if, if, if their Mars is like the first moon base is essentially a porta potty, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, that they're going to rocket, rocket drop onto the, yeah. Sure. But like, yeah, our, you, you know, the, 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 the standard of, of luxury and outpost has moved on since, since the, the old Jonestown days. I don't know. Yeah. And I feel like a base is not a base unless it's self-sustaining. 
in some way but it's a it's a lot different the yeah. the whole rescue envelope and recoverability envelope is a lot different being on mars versus the moon for sure um okay gordo and tracy they both died uh saving the jamestown moon base from a nuclear reactor meltdown they had to go yep. do, do spacewalks and duct tape makeshift suits so they and will not be returning unless it's some kind be. of flashback or you know ghost ghost appearance <laughs> to their sons. Sure, yeah, Karen's not, still you know, sleeping not, not with like Tom. a full on force, <laughs> and, and and Gordo's standing bedside. Ooh, don't sleep with it's, my son. Have you, ever, have you ever seen that that uh, uh, edit of the scene where Princess Leia kisses Luke Skywalker in the Hoth medical bay, and someone photoshops the ghost of Obi Wan Kenobi in the background <laughs> with his like face, you know, hands on his face, like oh, oh, oh horrified, oh, no. like yeah. There's there's Trace and Gordo like you know mm-hmm. shimmering blue ghosts in the background. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I hope not. I, I'm real bummed. There might be a flashback though. I could see yeah. I could see a flashback. Uh, you know, or Ed uh, like a, a, a theatrical. You're not supposed to understand they're really ghosts, but like Ed talking to Gordo as a narrative device, or maybe his mm-hmm. son uh, talking to Tracy or or Gordo. I, I could see that, but. I don't. I think. I, I think they. I don't think they're. They, they've been mentioned as part of the main cast, which makes yeah. sense. They're dead, <laughs> right? Which is a tragedy. I, I was thinking, you know, before I did my rewatch of the last two episodes, man, they they took out like a good chunk of the attractiveness of, of the characters of season two. But then I went back and I watched uh, those, those final two episodes, and I realized everybody in this cast is just fucking beautiful. Like every to a person. Like everybody, yeah. except, uh, except Bill. Uh, Bill's not beautiful, but whatever. Who's Bill? Which one? Who's Bill? I forget. He's the Bill. Mission Control guy who's like oh, the coaching Aleda or whatever. Yeah, uh, or yeah. the Pistol Pants guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, most people in this show can get Jesus it. Jesus Christ. Yeah, no kidding. Um. So yeah, they they are they are heroes, and they will probably just be remembered in season three. Uh. Ellen's girlfriend left her because she didn't fit into Ellen's career path. Um, And apparently that career path is probably being a senator. I think in the trailer you get to see Ellen on either on a campaign or accepting uh, the, the win, you know, giving her, giving her acceptance speech there. Clearly the Republican party is grooming her to be a, a leader. Um, Yeah. And I think that's the other interesting thing is like, what will the political polarity in the country look like? You know, uh, is is the ongoing constant engagement with science and space going to kind of be the shot in the arm to uh, maybe not have some of the reactionary rejection of science that we've seen in the country in the last 10 years? Um, right. Or will there will be other ways for that to manifest itself? So one of the things that I really loved about the ending of season two um and you know Danielle and Ed saving the world is I, I really loved how what they had to say about the space program and its capacity to inspire people mm-hmm. um and 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 the the goodness or the power of individuals I guess to to make a difference inside of an insane system like it was yeah. it was really inspiring and I think if they can continue to do that and maybe you know roll some of those effects into the society that we see and the the America of that show, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe it can inspire some people to get back on board with things like education and uh, things that are important to the foundation of a healthy society. 
Yeah, it seems like it would be harder to be uh, a flat earther and a moon landing denier. Uh, if you can in, go to Mars in, for a vacation, yeah, yeah. If like your av- if your neighbor could just you know go 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 to the moon, you know, yeah. take pictures, snapshots on it. There, it's like you know what <laughs> right. point, yeah. But not impossible. Probably difficult, but not impossible. Yeah, yeah, probably right. Um, yeah, so she's probably going to end up as a senator, and then Aleda is working in Mission Control now at the at the end of season two. She actually got to tell Don that they were go for docking with the Russians uh, to do that handshake. And uh, that was a big moment for her because it was the first time she'd really been able to interact in a significant way there. And she kind of saved the day, too, because she was the one who heard the signal. It was purely by accident, but she heard the signal that Gordo was transmitting back when the Russians had taken over the Jamestown. Because she was like going somewhere for a panic attack. Right. And she I think she was just getting a snack. I think she was, was just at the okay. vending machine, yeah, and her, happened to hear it in the distance. I'm curious because it seems like are they going to continue to groom her to be like um, Margot's heir apparent at the at Could the be. NASA? Um, Cape was it not Cape Canaveral, Houston. It was Houston, that, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's Aleda, and then uh, the last character that I kept track of here is Molly. She as you remember in season two got hit by the solar flare being a hero um and it has caused her to develop severe glaucoma and and debilitatingly so uh apparently based on the trailer because she she made the decision not to go get this experimental needles in the eyes injecting Mm. i don't know jello into them to right by some you know flim flam artist uh, claiming yeah. to be a doctor and instead she's just going to go slowly blind um, and it seems like she's getting most of the way there in that 10 years I, I thought I saw her with a cane and like a thousand yard stare that says she's probably can't see very well it's still a big part of the show like if uh, uh-huh. so so like where, where do you uh, do you have any predictions for like where she'll fall in 1995 like what I role, don't know will man. she be retired to private life but still like be an influential contractor advisor will she still be kind of that's rough possible. riding NASA will she I can't see her working in mission control like I, that, that's pretty detrimental uh, to your ability to to do that job I think not being able to see yeah yeah Visual processing, we think, would be uh, important, but I don't know. Yeah, she's got also like tons and tons and tons of experience and yeah, practical, and, and tons practical, of very smart and and capable people around her too. Um, I'm sure she would be valuable in some way, but I just I don't I don't know. The the first thing you described is probably most likely is being on the periphery of it and advising people who need advice. But man, she's always been kind of a loose cannon anyway. I I don't know True. how much. Uh, stock i would really put in the 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 more the finer points of her advice but we'll see good golly miss molly what's she gonna do and then yeah we end uh the the season ends up on mars in 1995 with boots on the ground so i think that's a pretty good roundup uh Mm -hmm. you know I'm, i'm not expecting a lot from like you know like I, I I was trying to think because this is if, if we if we think this is going to be like a five episode run or five season run this is kind of like the middle so like I don't know that like I, I'm expecting a thesis to be fully 
fully deployed, but I, I, I am like you looking forward to see like what Ron, Ron Moore thinks about, you know, privatized space flight. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I keep for, cause I know we've talked about this in like a bunch of different places, but like, I don't think that he will probably come down too strongly on either side because I, for, I, for one, don't have a problem with private space flight. I just yeah. hope we don't abandon NASA in favor of it because I do think we need, you know, uh, uh, especially when it comes to like moon bases and Martian colonies and stuff. Like, I think that needs to be the purview of nation states that you can hold accountable through democratic means rather than yes. like a board. You know, I, I don't want OCP from RoboCop uh, putting a base on Mars, you know? <laughs> no. No, or, that stuff scares me. Um, or SpaceX or anybody, really. Right. I, I'm not against it. I am cautiously optimistic that it could help us get to our goals for space. Um, mm-hmm. But I know that, you know, these things can also go off the rails, if not uh, guided with a very close eye. So I do hope there's some kind of regulations in place um, to, yeah, like yeah. you said, I don't need company stores on Mars. I don't sure. need that Indigent kind of servants. stuff happening. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't need companies on Mars before just governmental institutions providing oversight. Right? I think that's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see. We're headed down some kind of road there. It's an interesting uh, thing because like, I feel like the astronauts, cause like if, if it's privatization uh, versus public is being, being public, if it's uh, a frontier versus settled commercial space, I feel like the astronauts are, are inevitably going to lose to the extent that you can lose that argument because either it'll be safe and uh, you know, there won't be any problems or there'll be huge problems and lots of death in which case, if there's too much of it, like enough is enough, you know, there's got to be like the, you know, uh, the astronaut, there has to be enough danger. The astronauts can fend off like privatization, but not so much danger that they're, they're shut down, you know? Um, but there's this big race. We know it's, it looks like it's going to be a three-way race between the Russians, the United States and this new private company. Um, and, and, and race implies going fast and breaking things. Uh, so it's Absolutely. like, man, there's a lot of a lot of competing interests and desires and and requirements uh, with this season. And yeah, and what are players. our priorities? Right? Are they the preservation of of the humans who are risking their lives to go into space and accomplish these things, or is it just yeah. the end goal of getting these things established? And on a scale of one to Russia, how hard is it to <sighs> to coordinate with a domestic private? space company if you're nasa like it's probably not all the way to soviet russia mm-hmm. but you know do you, you want to keep some things to yourself right because uh, that's the other thing is margo uh was getting a lot of her uh funding by patenting innovations that they got in space there's probably a lot of i, I imagine if i'm if i'm making an argument for privatization i'd be like whoa 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 our tax money went to the people that made this stuff, uh, all of yeah. society should be able to benefit from this stuff. Not NASA getting exclusive patents for twenty years to maintain their. So I wonder if there'll be arguments like that because you know that's yeah. decent logic, for sure. Yeah, I've I've seen that um, argument applied to many aspects of our current society. You know, outside of mm-hmm. space, um, that sure. the government developed the internet technology, for instance. Like, right. how could you let some company uh, make profits on the back of that without also mm, contributing back into it, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, or it's so, kind of like open source. Like if you want to use NASA's Tang recipe, then right, you can't you you can't pat you you can't go and uh, make that a trade secret. You know, you're, yeah, you're you can't then drink. Uh, you know modify it a tiny bit and sell it as as bang on the market and sure and make a boatload of profits off it. Right. So right. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I'm, I'm curious what Ron Moore and company have to say about this whole thing. And we're curious about what you have to say. We've got a hotline set up just for you to send us feedback. It's FAM. It's the For All Mankind FAM. FAM at baldmove.com. F-A-M at baldmove.com. That is the way that you uh, get us your thoughts that you want us to read on air. Uh, Depending on how much feedback we get, we'll either append that to each episode each week or we will uh, maybe do midweek feedback episodes. Um, We will be having our episode ready to go as soon as For All Mankind drops. You can enjoy our podcast. It has scene-by-scene analysis and uh, an insight uh, as soon as you you get done watching it. And again, we'll we'll figure out feedback as we go. But fam at baldmove.com. And that's it, right? We're, Mm -hmm. we're, We're done previewing? Okay. We'll see you when the first episode drops, which is next Friday. Yeah. At midnight. Uh, and I think that's midnight West Coast time is the way Apple uh, calculated. So it's probably mm-hmm. 3 a.m. on the East Coast. We'll 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 because we'll, mm-hmm. we'll, we got. Yeah, we actually have like uh, uh, embargo dates that we have to observe. So it, it'll drop as soon as that's over. And I think it's midnight this 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 coming Friday. Um, so yeah, we're excited. Uh, we got an all new feed. If you're listening to this on pulp, uh, you can also subscribe over to the high Bob feed. Uh, if you want to give friends and family, uh, uh, that are, they're in the fall for all mankind. Uh, you can, you can directly link them to that or give them to pulp. If you want them to just get all the, I'm sorry, prestige. This is a, a, a oh, prestige yeah. podcast. This isn't science fiction. There's no aliens. Not yet. <laughs> no ray guns. Yeah, we'll see where we we'll see where we end up. But we're we're mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not ready to to consign this to pulp. Uh, but yeah, we're looking forward to to get through. It'll be ten episodes. They're dropping one a week. They're not going to be like uh, two or three to begin. It's just going to be one a week, one a one a week, one a week. So for the next ten weeks, we got you here on For All Mankind. Hi, Bob. Uh, we'll see you back next week. Until then, I'm Aaron, and I'm Jim. See ya.